Let's talk about responsible sexual behaviors. Blackwomenshealthproject.org, right? Five principles of sexual responsibility. One, having the courage to get adequate sexual knowledge. In the past, having little or no sexual knowledge indicated that women were sexually inexperienced. Today, inadequate sexual knowledge is one of the major reasons we engage in sexual practices without fully understanding the consequences of this behavior and the impact of poor decision-making where sexual matters are concerned. Knowledge alone does not necessarily change risky behaviors, but it can provide the basis for decisions that promise sexual health. Two, connecting our family values to sexual socialization and sexual behavior. Parents need to take a much more active role in in discussing any and all sexual topics. Most importantly, parents need to be involved in all aspects of their children's lives, gradually letting the children be responsible for themselves. We cannot depend solely on schools and churches to educate our children about human sexuality. We also need to be a part of the educational process. From these efforts, a new generation of knowledgeable and responsible youths can emerge. Three, protecting one another from abuse and exploitation. Black women are more likely to be sexually abused than they are to get married or go to college. We also have to stress disclosing negative incidents to a responsible person and teach our children to do so. Children should have a very specific idea of inappropriate ways of expressing affection. We have to aggressively control our children's exposure to any messages that would have them believe that they cannot be sexually responsible individuals. Sexual irresponsibility is not a part of our culture. Four, valuing our ability to control our own sexual decision-making. Adolescents are too often motivated by curiosity and the pressure to perform sexually as expressed by friends, love, interest, and the media. They are not learning to control their sexuality and protect their reproductive systems in a responsible way. Adolescents who do not control their sexuality often often continue these patterns as adults and abuse their sexuality or allow it to be used by others. We need to learn how to control our sexuality and be able to select a partner and or partners who will respect us and help us avoid unwanted sexual outcomes. Five, creating respectful and mutually satisfying relationships that also include sex. Do you recognize your needs and not just your wants? Do you believe in your skills and your worth as an individual? Answering yes to these questions puts us on the path to healthy relationships. Healthy relationships involve learning how to compromise with partners and at the same time not ceding all of our control to them. Our cultural and religious values emphasize relationships in our lives. Our survival as women is contingent upon self-protection and decision-making. Only when we respect ourselves can we have healthy relationships. So those are the five principles of sexual responsibility that I live by. What is ethical sex? This is stltoday.com. This is the author... Kate Lovelady, October 30th, 2014. As a religious humanist, I support full civil rights for LGBTQIA plus people, the right of women to control their own reproductive health, and the right of young people to be given complete and accurate education about their own bodies. So 
Blatt found that arguing for these positions using research, science, or human rights is most often a waste of breath. Religious conservatives Religious conservatives and their allies continue to try to restrict the sexual liberty of Americans. The mainstream citizens continue to let them, although we would never let a religious minority impose its views on how everyone should dress, eat, or practice our faiths, or live by our secular morality. Why will we not stand up for rights related to sexuality? I think it's in part because even in the 21st century, we're still embarrassed about sex. So I would like to speak out for the belief that sex for pleasure is a human good. Good sex increases human happiness and lowers depression. It strengthens and deepens intimate relationships and helps people live longer and healthier lives. Like every other aspect of human life, sex needs to be approached with knowledge, thoughtfulness, and compassion for others and ourselves. It's not trivial. But sex for pleasure is a human good that deserves to be celebrated and made even more healthy and positive. Sex is not just for procreation and non-procreative sex is not an unfortunate vice that deserves to be forbidden or punished by disease and unwanted pregnancy. If the only purpose of human sex was to produce children, human sexuality would be very different. People would only want to have sex when women are fertile, as in most other species. Women, and men who are attracted to them in parentheses, would have zero interest in sex after menopause or while pregnant. Ovulation would be obvious rather than requiring a course in natural family planning and a digital thermometer to detect. We will have no interest in forms of sexual pleasure of the intercourse. Um, and according to that faulty logic of, having, of only having human sexes to produce children, then people of that conservative mind would feel like LGBTQ plus. Um, wouldn't be widespread. That's the conservative thinking. The ultra-conservative thinking, let's say. Since none of these things are true, then clearly human sexuality has many more facets than procreation. Sex for pleasure is a human good. Sex is more than one mechanical act to carry on genetic code. Sex is a multifaceted expression of love, I say healthy lust to relatedness and sensual joy at being alive and embodied and conversely the insistence that sex is only or even primarily for procreation the emphasizes the ethical relational aspects of sex one of the reasons humanists oppose absence only education is that it hurts not only young people's health but also young people's relationship skills because it too often turns sexuality into a black and white decision whether or not to quote unquote have sex Rather than teaching young people how to decide what kind of activities are appropriate and positive for each unique person in relationship with another unique person. And what will help them bring out the best in each other and in themselves. And when we're out of school, what are adults taught about sex by American culture? What we usually hear through mainstream media is that we're not doing it right or enough, or that our kids are doing it too much. We're told about rapists and predators, about sex scandals that destroy relationships and careers. When do we hear anything truly positive about sex? Imagine news anchor announcing last night 
two area residents carried out pleasurable sexual activities that enhanced the closeness of their relationship and improved their cardiovascular health. That's, the station would probably be fined by the FCC for obscenity. When do we actually need, what do we actually need to hear about sex? We need to know what the qualities are of positive ethical sex. Here's my list. Ethical sex is any consensual sexual activity that affirms worth and dignity and strengthens relationships, that increases people's self-esteem and respect for each other and ability to love and be loved, that increases human happiness. Happy people do more good in the world than unhappy people. Good sex is not the only path to happiness, but it helps. Unethical sex, therefore, is any sexual activity that is coercive, that is harmful to the people involved, that lowers self-esteem, that decreases trust and relationship ties, that damages relationships and personal growth. Unethical sex makes people doubt their own worth and dignity or that of another. It brings out the worst in everyone. Note, none of these features of ethical and unethical sex are specific to particular sex acts, to marital status, gender, sexual orientation, or age. Ethical sex honors difference in diversity and uniqueness of individuals. Ethical sex requires us to think and feel deeply to determine how to honor our values. It's not a black and white list of good and bad, moral and immoral. Human life, sexuality, and ethics are more complicated than that. Why responsible sexual behavior is important. You don't need to be having sex to learn about it. On the other hand, just because you're having sex doesn't mean that you know all there is to know about sex. The fact that so many young people have unwanted pregnancies and that the rate of HIV infection amongst young South Africans is so high shows that a lot of young people are not having responsible sex. This is coma.co.ca for the website. A few examples of irresponsible sexual behavior. Sex without protection. Multiple sexual partners and not using protection with each of them. Not using contraception to avoid unwanted pregnancy. Having sex for the wrong reasons like peer pressure. Pressure from a partner. Sex as a way to keep someone. Having sex without understanding the risk. Not wanting to learn about safe sex. Here's why responsible sexual behavior is important. It impacts your future. Sexual behavior is important because it plays a role in your future. For example, an unplanned pregnancy can change your plans for your current path. Having a baby is a big responsibility physically, emotionally, and financially. Unfortunately, girls are impacted even more than boys because many girls don't get the opportunity to attend and complete school as a result of teenage pregnancy. Did you know that in 2013, 99,000 students fell pregnant? This is a huge number, Coma. Having a baby is not wrong, but having a baby when you and the person you're having a baby with are not ready is not ideal. When you engage in more responsible sexual behavior, such as using dual contraception, a condom and a pill, for example, you can plan your future better. Even, even if you do want a baby, responsible sexual behavior gives you the option to decide when the right time is instead of feeling forced into parenthood. It improves your sexual relationships. Being sexually responsible shows the how trustworthy you are as a partner. If you insist on not using protection, maybe because you're embarrassed about not 
knowing how to get protection properly or because you've heard so many myths about protection, your partner might perceive you as an irresponsible person who doesn't care about your safety or theirs. Responsible sexual behavior also means that you know more about sex, such as treating your sexual partners equally, making sure your sexual encounters are consensual, knowing how to use protection properly. This ensures that you're having better sex and that you're a more responsible partner to be with overall. If you're consistently having safe sex, then you have even less to worry about like sexually transmitted infections, STIs, including HIV. Since having protected sex will make you less anxious, you'll be more comfortable during sex and therefore have better sex and a better sex life in general. It gives you more control over your own body. It's so empowering when all the important decisions about your body are made by you in capital letters. Wouldn't you agree, comma? Whenever you make a decision about your body, whenever you make a decision about your body, that you know will affect your future, you make an empowering decision. Deciding to have responsible sex is a decision that you make to protect yourself. It means that you're not allowing someone else to pressure you to make a decision that could have an impact on your capital letters future. Don't feel bad about wanting to learn more about safe sex, wanting to know how you can behave more responsibly, comma. Sex is a part of everyone's lives at some point and knowing how to do it responsibly every time is never a bad thing. Remember, if you, you or a friend need advice or help, you can contact me here on AxComa, C-H-O-N-A. Send me a Facebook message, a Twitter DM, or a WhatsApp message, Sexual decision-making. According to the Sexuality Information Education Council of the United States, S-I-E-C-U-S, a sexually healthy teen will show or have the following qualities within their relationships with themselves, parents, family members, peers, and intimate partners. Relationship with self appreciates their own body, understands changes that happen during puberty and views them as normal, practices health-promoting behavior such as abstinence, from alcohol, other drugs, getting regular health checkups, or this is what I can say. Um, oh, they're saying this is for teenagers. Okay, okay, this makes sense. Okay, make sure that I'm honoring uh, guidelines for the underage. Okay, I can keep going. Take responsibility for their own behaviors, identifies own values and acts on these values, understands the consequences of their actions, understands that media messages can create unrealistic expectations related to sexualities and relationships. They able to tell the difference between personal desires from that of their peer group, understands how alcohol or drugs can affect making decisions, knows about sexual health issues, understands the consequences of sexual behaviors, makes decisions about masturbation and fits with personal uh, values, understands their own gender identity and sexual orientation, understands the effect of gender role stereotypes, and makes, makes choices about the best roles for themselves, understands peer and cultural pressure to become sexually involved, accepts people with different values and experiences, relationships with parents and family members, communicates effectively with family members about issues including sexuality, has a good balance between family roles and responsibilities and a growing need for independence. 
is able to negotiate with family on boundaries and tries to understand parents' point of view, respects rights of others, and treats adults with respect. And adults have to treat children with respect too. Understands and access for information about parents and families' values, thinks about them when developing their own values. Ask parents how they trust the adults' questions about sexual issues and accept their guidance. And the adults have to give kids wise advice on sex. Mm. Relationships with peers. Interacts with all people, including those with different sexual orientation, gender identity, different from their own in proper, respectful ways. Communicates well with friends, shows empathy in relationships, recognizes their ways from relationships that may not be healthy for themselves or others. Understands what sexual harassment behavior is and rejects it. Respects others' right to privacy and doesn't share personal information that others have shared with them. Acts on one's own values and beliefs when they aren't the same as their peers. Understands pressures to be popular and accepted and makes decisions based on their own values. Um, relationships with intimate partners. Shows love and intimacy in a way that's appropriate for their age. Believes that everyone has equal rights and responsibilities for love and sexual relationships, can say no and accept when a partner says no, tries to understand, empathize how a partner feels, has the skills to decide how ready they are for mature sexual relationships, talks with a partner about sexual behavior before they happen, is able to communicate and negotiate sexual behaviors. If they choose to have sex, protects self and partner from unplanned pregnancy and sexually transmitted infections, STIs, ways and birth control, condoms, and other safe for sex practices. Safe for sex practices. Talk to a teen about sexual decision making and emotional maturity they and their partner need in planning to be sexually active. Ask your teen, do you feel pressure to have sex? Where's the pressure? Where the where's the where the pressure is coming from? Why do they want to have sex? Why does their partner want to have sex? Do they feel comfortable talking to their partner about STIs, birth control, slash or condoms? If birth control fails, how will they and their partner handle a pregnancy? Any type of sexual contact or, or activity involves some risk. These risks could be physical, social, or emotional. Practicing safer sex can reduce the chance of getting an STI or pregnancy. Talking to your teen about safer sex practices will help them make healthy decisions so they don't take part in any sex activity that may put them at risk. Abstinence, no sexual contact at all, including intercourse or oral sex, is the only 100% way to prevent STI or pregnancy. To make sexual activity as safe as possible, make sure your teen knows to plan ahead by making sure that they talk about and understand each other's limits around their sexual activity. Getting and giving consent for every sexual activity, using condoms and dental dams, using a condom to prevent STIs, and that's a backup form of birth control, getting tested and treated for STIs and HIV, talking to their partner about their past sexual relationships and their history of STI testing and treatment, reducing the chance of getting STI by limiting uh, sexual partners, understanding how drugs and alcohol make a person less inhibited, which makes them less likely to make good decisions. People who have sex while using alcohol or drugs are less likely to use condoms. Um, not stigmatizing people who use drugs and alcohol. Alcohol is good. Um, those who do drugs, I don't see them as bad people, so I want to uh, clarify that. Teens with same-sex partners may not have to worry about preventing pregnancies, but everyone needs to consider STI protection for every activity.
So, that's pretty much what I really wanted to That's all I wanted to say in that particular article. I'm going to go to another one. Alright, so red. Sexual behaviors which indicate or cause harm because they are excessive, compulsive, coercive, forceful, degrading, or threatening, secretive, manipulative, or involve bribery or trickery, not appropriate for the age or stage of development between children with a significant difference in age, developmental ability, or power. These behaviors signal the need to provide immediate protection, follow-up support. So... Compulsive masturbation, which may be self-injurious or a persistent nature duration. Persistent explicit sexual themes in talk, art, or play. Disclosure of sexual abuse. Stimulation of sexual touch, sexual activity. Persistently touching the genitals slash private parts of others. Forcing other children to engage in sexual activity. Sexual behavior between... Young children involved in penetration with objects, masturbation with others, oral sex, present of a sexually transmitted infection. So that's zero to four years. So those are all in the red. Um, so, so from about five to nine, you have compulsive, you have compulsive masturbation, self-injuring, self-harming, seeking an audience, Disclosure of sexual abuse, persistent bullying involving sexual aggression. It could be examples pulling, slash lifting, slash removing other children's clothing, sexually threatening notes, drawing text messages, sexual behavior with significantly younger or less able children, assessing the rooms of sleeping, children to touch or engage in sexual activity, simulation of or participation in sexual activities, oral sex, sexual intercourse, presence of a sexually transmitted infection, persistent sexual activity with animals, using mobile phones and internet, which includes giving out to define details or sexual images. So that's five to nine, right? So you got zero to four years old, five to nine years old, and these are all sexual behaviors which are in the red, okay? We're still in the red. 10 to 13 years old. So you have compulsive masturbation, self-harming, seeking an audience, engaging vulnerable others in a process to gain sexual activity by using grooming, techniques, gifts, lies, flattery, force or coercion of others into sexual activity, oral sex and slasher intercourse with a person of different age, developmental ability, and slasher peer grouping. Presence of sexually transmitted infection or pregnancy, deliberately sending and slasher publishing sexual images of self or another person. Mm-mm. This is rough. Arranging a face-to-face meeting with an online acquaintance, sexual contact with animals, sexual activity in exchange for money or goods, possessing, accessing, or sending child exploitation materials for the children naked or in sexual activities. Impulsive masturbation, self-harming in public, seeking audience. Now we're 14 to 17 years. Preoccupation with sexually aggressive and slash illegal pornography. Sexual contact with others of significant age and, and slash or developmental 
difference engaging others in a process to gain sexual activity by using grooming techniques, gifts, manipulation, lies, deliberately sending and slash or publishing sexual images on another person without their consent, arranging a meeting with an online acquaintance without the knowledge of a peer or known adult, sexual contact with animals, sexual activity in exchange for money, goods, accommodation, drugs, or alcohol, forcing, manipulating others into sexual activity, possessing, assessing, sending child exploitation materials. Woo! Um, so that's all the red stuff. I will definitely read the rest. Um, Tomorrow, so those are all the dangerous stuff that happens sexually to like very, 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 very young people. So those are definitely the things we have to keep in mind. I am a sexually responsible person. I engage in responsible. I'm a sexually responsible person. I engage in responsible sexual behavior. And I make responsible sexual choices. 